Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome to Buckeye Talk. It is another market down Monday, maybe the last one for a while because we, I think, have fully exhausted things to predict because we're running out of of seasons or maybe we'll just pause until we find out what exactly is going on with the winter spring ideas. But I'm Nathan Baird from Cleveland.com. I'm here with Doug Maurice. I'm here with Stephen Means. This is the podcast that we had always planned to do eventually with Market Down Monday, maybe the last one before the regular season, something like that, right before the season would start. So in another month or so, who's going to win the national championship in 2020? Or maybe more to the point, will Ohio State win the national championship in 2020? Put this out to the texters. I asked you all to pick your 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 four teams that will make the playoffs, seed them one through four. Tell me who your championship matchup is. Tell us who your national champion is. And we felt like that was something that we had to do now still just for the sake of posterity just to kind of get out there the same way we did with the conducting the preseason poll this season which happened before they canceled the season so we still thought there was going to be big 10 football maybe at that point or they or at least were planning for it but it was important to get those things down on paper just so people know what the context of this season was going to be and who the great teams were going to be who the great players are going to be did you guys find it easy to get back into an intellectual place to to do this kind of analysis or now that things have just been shattered to this point how, how difficult was that i picked I was, my i picked my teams in 30 seconds so my intellectual analysis <laughs> i went to burger king and got some chicken fries because i had a coupon and last time i went to burger king with the coupon for chicken fries they were out of chicken fries and i was like what is happening so then i went back today and then I got the chicken fries and I got nine chicken fries and an order of fries for $3. And while I was going through the drive-thru, I said to myself, oh, I wonder who the four teams are that I should pick to make the college football playoff. So I, why would I lie? Why would I lie? I, I'm laying it out. So Steven, talk about your, what's the word you used? Intellectual analysis, St- uh, Nathan, for the process? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So Steven, what was your intellectual pr- analysis? I mean, I knew who my number one through three were months ago, so I just plugged those guys in here. And the intellectual analysis was 
you know, me trying to think about what the 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 playoff committee would think about with, with team with have maybe having a second SEC team versus a team who only lost to another team who might get into the playoff versus you know Oklahoma sneaking again. So it's just for me, it was just finding out who number four was. The first three were pretty easy. Well, I want to get something out of the way early. Like I said, we wanted to do this podcast for posterity, but also because, as Doug mentioned on the the, the live Zoom call Thursday night for uh, last Friday's pod, and thank you all for joining out. We had an amazing response. Um, our, we, we loved it. Our bosses loved it. Um, and we can't wait to do more of those. We thought it, it turned out really well. But we also thought it would give fans an opportunity to sort of reflect on the best parts of Ohio state football for 2020. And based on the results we're going to get to later, it's pretty clear that a lot of you saw a lot of great things potentially in this Ohio state team. And, and maybe for some people, it would be some kind of a catharsis to, to kind of say, well, here's what we think would have happened. And it's fun to just sort of like envision that and maybe, maybe speak it into some plane of existence somewhere. However, for some of you, uh, the quick turnaround, to a pod like this was a little bit too painful. And we respect that. I'm going to read a handful of responses from people who opted out of participating in this exercise uh, from the A28. I hate to be this guy, but I don't care. I'm mad. Picking who would have won is not a therapeutic exercise right now, especially with the team OSU had. Kudos to you guys for the continued enthusiasm. I sincerely hope people continue to read, listen, and support you guys, but I got to take a break. I'll stay subscribed to the text because you guys are awesome and I want to keep supporting and we definitely appreciate that part of it. Those of you who are, who are sticking around and we're going to obviously keep trying to do things like this and keep um, giving you guys analysis and information on Ohio State as much as we can. Um, and another one from the 601. No, Nathan, let me suffer for a bit. Don't make me think of what could have been. It's too painful to even comprehend. So we get it. We're not trying to torture anyone. But I can see how even typing out a text right now that explains how good this team could have been would be too much for a fan who has – kind of an emotional attachment and and right now is supposed to be full of you know excitement and enthusiasm for a team a couple of weeks away and now just kind of has probably a little bit of a hollow feeling knowing that nothing's going to be happening this fall so I, the thing that i've been thinking about is do people ever go to burger king when they don't have a coupon I have not gone to Burger King without a coupon in like three years. How does Burger King stay in business? Is Burger King someone's favorite burger place? Do you know anybody who, when they go to get a fast food burger, Burger King is their number one choice? Are I have a weird connection where I get a taste for, in my like mind, of the fries from a certain place. And very rarely is it ever Burger King. And that's the one I choose to go to. I usually pick, if I'm going fast food, which I haven't done in about five months, which has been a good thing for me. Um, I, it's usually like, I feel like I want the fries from somewhere and then that's how I make the decision. Steven, do you, rarely jo- Burger King. do you Jones for Burger King sometimes, Steven? I don't think I've had Burger King since college and I'm pretty sure it's because the college I went to my freshman year, that was the only fast food restaurant. When I went to college, there was a Burger King like across the street from my dorm and it was open 24 hours. And that's like one of those things I think businesses that like get college kids addicted to stuff is a very smart business plan. So, you know, Burger King at two o'clock in the morning when it's across the street from your yeah. dorm, I'm all in favor of. Burger King is just like I have every option in the world to eat. I can make food at home. I can drive to any other place that makes food. But I'm going to go to Burger King. I would love to hear from tech subscribers or anybody else who goes through that process and then just picks Burger King for the Burger Kingness of it. 
Doug, I'm what starting was, to think that you're one of the people thing? who wanted to opt out of participating in this podcast. So, so here's the thing. I, so, and I, I love that we're doing this. It, it's not, there's nothing to mark down, right? I mean, in the end, the reason, the thing about Mark It Down Monday is there's a, there's a correct answer and then we can throw it back in people's faces and say, you were right or you were wrong. And this is imaginary. So right. I like that we're doing it. I think we should be doing it. And I want to get to a discussion about what, how we might approach it if there are other college football teams playing this fall. But um, yeah, but also, you know, I'm interested that Burger King like has slushies. I forgot they had like slushies on the menu. That's interesting. Sometimes I like their pie, but I just would never pick their burger. Their burger is right in between the Wendy's burger, which is a better fast food burger and McDonald's, which is like the ultimate cheap burger and, and Burger King splits the middle. And sometimes I'm in favor of splitting the middle, but I feel like they're in a no man's land most of the time. So that intrigues me slightly more than a question that we're never going to get an answer to. But we're I never, we're, ne we're never going to get a Burger King endorsement. That's what I just found out today. I'm okay with that. Listen, I can't, I can't be bought off. No, that's, that's not true. I could be that's bought off. not true. I, I can. I can. No, I'm not. A, nope. We didn't. <laughs> he mark does not speak for all three of us. Yeah, mark true. that down. I can be bought Burger King. I can. Um, this is the least consequential market down Monday. You know, usually there are dire consequences. We're putting our name on the line. We, we are putting our, our pride on the line. We're, we're setting ourselves out there to be mocked incessantly here. It, it, there's really no resolution to this. It is all just kind of a, as Doug said, an imaginary exercise of what might've played out this season. I asked when I sent the text out, I asked people to assume that everybody's playing that no teams have, have canceled. And I guess I should have probably also said in there, and I think people took it this way, that people are playing the full schedule that they were supposed to play. So just imagine what would have happened in 2020 without the, the coronavirus pandemic. And I, I think people, we got a good response of people who were like, I, I did want to mention the people who were opting out, who had kind of bailed on it. But also we did get, I think, a pretty strong response from from people who, who wanted to kind of play this out. Because I think, again, you're, it's, it's what you anticipate for months and months and months, especially with the team Ohio State was going to have. So um, moving on to just sort of the texture voting and, and how they saw things breaking down. Eight teams received votes from our texters to make the playoffs. Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, those are the obvious choices. I think um, are, they, they appeared on almost every ballot. Who do you guys think the other five were? Georgia, Oklahoma, Oregon, uh, maybe Texas. Was that four? That's Florida. Four. Florida. Florida's Florida. the fifth one. So I, I thought that was interesting this year that there was a pretty tight consensus. So you didn't have any votes for Notre Dame, didn't have any votes for LSU somehow, like backing up what they did last year. No, no votes second for Big Ten team, huh? No, no second Big Ten team got even one vote. No Penn States. And I'm I do wonder then, because I didn't make that distinction about the the revamp schedule, that made me wonder a little bit if people thought that a, a Titan Big Ten schedule would leave less room for someone like Penn State or someone um, summoning something and getting into a top four. But I, I was a little bit surprised that nobody voted for a, a second Big Ten team. It's Not a little even hard. Even, even if you're trying to explain, it's in a normal world. I think it's hard to, like, take the Micah Parsons opt-out out of your head, right? Yeah. That, yeah. That, and maybe some yeah. people did account for it. Again, there's no exact answer to this. You know, Penn State with Micah Parsons and an experienced quarterback and Journey Brown at running back, and they usually have some good skill guys, and 
you know, I mean, Penn State had some pieces and, and some of the stuff I want to get into, the thing that I think has been the hardest in this, in really trying to analyze the season, and I sort of, when we voted for in the preseasoncluton.com poll, I kind of told people, like, don't worry about this. We put that out before the schedule came out. It's fun to use the schedule for your prediction. And for instance, you know, Georgia and Alabama play in the regular season this year. Georgia also plays Florida in its division. LSU also plays Alabama in its division. Ohio State and Oregon were supposed to play in non-conference. Of course, Penn State and Ohio State play. You start trying to play that game a little bit of like, for instance, for me, well, maybe you like Georgia, but if, if Georgia and Alabama are the two best teams in the two opposite SEC divisions and they're playing each other in the regular season, what's the, what's the path for both of them to make the playoff? Like if they split or what, you know, so you, you get into, and that's fun and that often matters, right? I mean, there've been years when people have been really high on Wisconsin based on their schedule. And it was really hard to sort of base things on schedule this year. But I, I mean, the idea of Penn state got Ohio state at home. If you think everything else, like, is there a world where Penn State could have lost a close game to Ohio State or they beat Ohio State even if they lose somewhere else? Could you get two in? You absorb. I mean, I love that kind of discussion. And that's just really, really hard to do when you have sort of multiple versions of schedules that were out there, when you have opt-outs. Even if you're trying to think of if everything was normal, that's, I love the schedule game. I think we all love the schedule game, and it was almost impossible to play the schedule game in an exercise like this. Yeah, your thoughts on that, Stephen? Yeah, I, I like the exercise. I think it would be more interesting if Penn State and Ohio State weren't in the same division because then there's a chance that one just beat the other in a conference championship game, which I think is where the SEC kind of has an advantage there because – Florida and Georgia are in the same division, but they're not in the same division as Alabama. So it could really come down to whoever wins Florida and Georgia, one of them goes to the conference championship game and they play Alabama. And it's, it's impressive enough where even if they lose, if that's their only loss is to another team who's going, who's the SEC champ and getting in as well, that's a better case for them with Penn State. That's their only loss, but they didn't even get to their conference championship game. I disagree with that. I don't think history bears that out. I think it's actually much more likely that if you lose to a team during the regular season in the same division, I think it's harder to make it losing your conference championship game than it is to lose during the regular season, be a really good team, not make your conference championship game, and still get in. I, I think I'm 180 degrees of that. Even with, the, even with the way people have kind of viewed the SEC? The SEC – well, okay, what, what happened that I don't – who rem- – the SEC's only ever gotten two teams in once. Yeah. What happened that year? When Alabama was the four, Georgia – did they, they didn't lose to them in the, in the SEC championship game, did they? It was like Auburn beat Alabama in the regular season. Alabama didn't even go to the SEC championship game. Yeah. A, a, a conference championship game loser has never made it. So, I don't know. Your theory, I think, is wrong. I, like Ohio State and Penn State, Penn State was fifth the year they went and won the Big Ten. Ohio State didn't even go to the Big Ten championship game, made the playoff. Penn State was on the edge of making it. That's one of the, the closest chances we've seen of two from a conference making it. So I just don't think – I actually think it increases your chances of your two best teams getting in almost when they, are, when they don't have to play each other in the conference championship game, either by being in the same division or somehow one of them not getting there. 
because it's hard to pick a loser. We theorize a lot about it, but I, it, like, now I'm trying to think. Gosh, I hate facts. All right, I'll look it up while you guys talk, but has a conference championship game loser ever made it? That's not, like, that's not a great pass. I don't remember off the top of my head. All right, hold on. Keep doing the podcast. I'll be back in 15 minutes. <laughs> just moving on without him. Well, that's fine because I can actually just kind of run through some of the, the, the texter results here. So how many – so we had, I think, 56 votes from, from our texters. Again, thank you all for participating. If you haven't, if you have not signed up yet, 614-350-3315. You get in on the live events like we did Thursday night, and you get to participate in things like this. What percentage of our voters do you think picked Ohio State to make the playoff? 100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, right, actually, and, and actually, uh, all of them picked Ohio State to be no worse than a three seed. So obviously, strong belief that this was going to be a pretty special year for Ohio State among the Ohio State fan base. Uh, 66% said Ohio State would be the number one seed. Um, and about 9% have Ohio State as the three seed, 9% of our texters, which I think a scenario where Ohio State's a three seed but is undefeated, so maybe there's two other teams undefeated ahead of them, Clemson, Alabama, whatever. That seems to be a scenario that plays pretty much right into Ryan Day's hands. It worked a little bit for him last year, the way that he would kind of, you know, I don't want to use the word manipulate, but the way that he would capitalize on the, the perception of being overlooked or underranked or or uh, disrespected yeah um and the way that he used that to motivate a team I think would even be maybe more important this year because last year there was talent on both sides of the ball this year they may need that kind of push more even so than last year's team did so only three teams who were not conference champs have made the college football playoff Notre Dame as an independent yeah. Ohio State in 2016 when they didn't make the Big Ten championship game, and Alabama when Alabama lost to Auburn in the last game of the regular mm-hmm. season. Auburn went to the SEC championship game and lost to Georgia, and then Georgia was in, and then Alabama edged out Ohio State when Ohio State was the Big Ten champ and Alabama was a non-champ that had not lost in the championship game. I think there is a perception attitude that has not truly been tested because we haven't seen like the number one team go lose its conference championship game and if that happened if undefeated Alabama loses the SEC championship you know that scenario that's a championship game loser that probably still would get in it just hasn't happened yet so um, I think your best chance of getting two teams in is is still maybe they're not conference championship and one doesn't doesn't. and that from the same division is a very possible thing I was doing the research and then I realized I didn't have to because the way I was, the thing I was looking at just had it researched already. So I'm bad yeah, at reading so the internet. They've probably done that. 53 of our 56 texters say Clemson would be a top three seed. 40 of 56 say Alabama a top three seed. So there seems to be a strong consensus of those teams being the three best teams. What I do wonder though is how many people did look at the schedule, Doug, for what you were talking about. Because a lot of people, you know, Georgia was, I think, the fourth most supported team uh, or right there behind with Oklahoma and Oregon. They were all pretty clustered together. It is very difficult to imagine a scenario where both Alabama and Georgia can get into the playoff considering they play each other. And then it'd be like if, if you thought um, if you were picking Ohio state and Nebraska to both get in because Nebraska coming from the West, they play in the regular season then would play again for the championship or like Wisconsin last year, it would be difficult for both of those teams to get in. I mean, it's very specific, but I do think, if the loser 
of the Alabama Georgia game that was supposed to be like the second or third game of the season. The loser of that game obviously runs the table, looks awesome. And then it's the same two teams in the championship game, maybe. And the loser now wins. And the teams that lose at the championship game was undefeated. Number one. Now they've split, you know, I I think that's possible. I think that was possible. I think some other scenario of, of, you know, the winner gets knocked off then in an upset on the way and doesn't get there. And I mean, I, I don't, it's, I think you would have had to factor it into a playoff pick. I don't think it's impossible, but I think Georgia and Alabama playing in the regular season, which they normally don't because um, they're in separate divisions in the SEC. Usually I think if I'm, if I'm correct, Alabama, when they get their cross divisional games in the SEC, I think what the SEC does is for those purposes, they label the Citadel as an SEC cross division opponent. And they allow Alabama to play the Citadel three times as an SEC cross division. So they normally don't play Georgia. So that, I mean, it, it is certainly a complicating factor. It's not impossible, but you start having to hit a very thin window. And if anybody loses a game other than the games against, you know, if they don't split, those two teams would have to split their two games and basically not lose any other game. And that's the only way they could both get in. And I think that could be really difficult in the SEC. It, it's it's both the blessing and the curse of the SEC in some ways. To like, you always have the respect that will that will buy you an extra bump in some of these scenarios. But you also play a you run into more great teams generally, or or the threat of more great teams during the regular season, and it makes it more likely that you won't be able to get through with just even one loss. Even sometimes really good teams. And, and it's just, but but I do think it's interesting, and, and maybe you know. Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia, with what we talked about, all those schedules, original schedules, were more difficult than what Clemson had. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just looking. I'm trying to find – I actually can't find the original Clemson schedule now because everybody's updated it. But just what you're looking at with Clemson's schedule as it stands, right now it's Wake Forest, Syracuse, Wake Forest, Wake Forest, Boston College, <laughs> Wake Forest, JV – Syracuse again, but only the half of the team that is willing to play while the other half sits out because the coronavirus testing isn't good enough, then Wake Forest and Wake Forest. So did you just re- did you just refer to Notre Dame as Wake Forest JV? I, I'm sorry I didn't. I just was I'm just looking. This might be wrong. It's just the site I'm on. It's just Oh no, you you would you you, would, <laughs> you, you do it pretty well. I think so, is that, that site is burgerkingsucks.com. Yeah. yeah. $3chickenfries.com. So I just don't, you know, I just, by going by the schedule and knowing the committee that values that kind of stuff, Clemson would have needed, I think, an SEC team to lose. And this, I don't know, I don't want to steer it where you're not ready to steer yet, Nathan. I think if you were thinking about how this might shake, would have shaken out, there would have been a pretty decent shot, I think, for if Ohio State took care of business, Clemson and Bama would have been the semifinal. And Ohio State might have had might have had the bye against the four seed that, that LSU got last year. Yeah. Yeah. Very possible. Um, one of the options I want to touch on this briefly, one of the options as things were kind of getting messed up by coronavirus, people started thinking, well, they'll, they'll, the regular season will be changed in some way. And then we're going to go to the 16 playoff model this season. And then it would maybe just be established beyond that. And I thought that would have been really interesting because in our voting, there were six teams that clearly got the most votes, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. And then um, those were all 82% or more as far as just making the playoffs at all from our textures. And then Oklahoma, Oregon, and Georgia are all between 26 and 30%. It would have been at least based on preseason expectations. There was like a clear top six here. 
that would have been – I think that would have been an interesting tournament. And then you would have had Georgia and, and Alabama having to play Oklahoma and Oregon, an extra game against those teams just to get into a semifinal against Ohio State and Clemson, for, an exa- for example, just going by the votes. Um, I don't know. I think that, that wrinkle would have added something interesting to this, this situation. And uh, I know Doug probably disagrees, but I'm eager to see what that looks like in the future. No, I, I mean, I think, I mean, it's one of the things that is happening a lot as we try to think up pandemic alternatives. Sometimes the alternative that you arrive at because of the pandemic seems like a thing that would work pretty well when there's no pandemic. So you're like, oh, you know, if, if you did a six-team playoff, that'd be pretty interesting. Here's why it's like, that sounds interesting to me right now in a normal year, right? I mean, it, it gives the top seeds a little bonus. It lets, it, it prevents the five champs for four spots thing. I mean, it, it, I don't know. I mean, I don't know just the way you presented that just now. What's the case for not doing that every year? They're like, there, there really isn't a case. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that way. And especially like uh, when, they, when, you get down, when you get down to that fourth team, it's, I feel like it's so rare that there's consensus as to who that fourth team absolutely has to be. I think we even saw that last season. So I think when you expand it down to fifth and sixth, I don't think it waters anything down. I think it gives you a chance to better answer who the top four teams actually are. And it allows you to get every champion, you know, that, that, that at least if, yeah. I think if you went to that world, it would be the five champs in no matter what, even if your champ is seven and five, the five champs in and then one wild card. And right. it just makes a lot of sense. Right. Or, or yeah, or Notre Dame or, or yeah, somebody else coming out of nowhere. Steven, are you a six team proponent? Yeah. Mainly because of the incentive it provides for the number one and number two seeds. It, it's already, we saw last year that it's very important that you get that number one seed because you're avoiding, you basically are getting a buy the way LSU did last year. But if you put an emphasis on those top two seeds and you're basically saying, listen, you have to play an extra game if you're not one of the two best teams in the country. I think that Ohio State-Wisconsin game last year, it probably goes a little bit differently. They probably show up a little earlier in the game. Now they got the number two seed, but just the idea of, listen, if you, get one of these top two seeds, you basically get an extra week of being fresh while another team has to play a whole other football game just to get to you. Well, they were playing for a bye last year too, though. Because it, yeah. it was to play Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm just so, saying, like, the, the technicality of, like, they got the number two seed, so they still would have gotten the bye in that. And in the, they, in the they, didn't, though, but. they didn't not show up in the first half against Wisconsin because they didn't care about the result. They had the ultimate motivation last year to kick Wisconsin's butt which was to stay number one. And they not just have to didn't play, play well in the first half. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm saying that, like, uh, it being a 16 playoff would not have affected that. Because they – yeah, I mean, they still could have been or would have been, you don't right? think they ha- You don't think they had maximum motivation All to play I am really saying well? Is, the whole point of what I am saying is it provides an extra incentive to want to have those that number one or number two seed because you can get a bye week in a 16 playoff. You said if there was a 16 the playoff, they I mean. would have not – they would have played a better first half against Wisconsin. No, what I am saying is the incentive is you can get a bye week if you have the number one or number two seed in a 16 playoff. That and I'm telling you that. the incentive last year that playing Oklahoma was a bye. Right, but like an actual bye where you're just not playing football, not just you get to go out there and put up 60 on a team. What's the difference? The you risk of injury, the, you the yeah, you don't extra have to week of travel, et cetera, et cetera. You think Joe Burrow was taxed by that Oklahoma semifinal? Did he look like he was risking injury or bothered by the travel while he threw seven touchdown passes in the first half? 
He didn't have well, to spend be- a, week, well, a week down there in Atlanta doing interviews before he played that game. Whoever have you been to Atlanta? Atlanta is lovely. People love to go to Atlanta. Just, just real quick, though, but in the four-team scenario, it's not an extra week of travel. There's still only two games. In the six-team scenario, it is an extra week of travel, extra mm-hmm. whatever, because you have to then go somewhere else to play that. For, unless, Even if you're playing it on home, the higher seeds would probably have the home field, I guess, in those situations. But anyway, not to belabor the point, but I did just think that was interesting, and I think this has given us maybe a little bit of a new perspective on that. Um, getting into the actual breakdown. So, um, like I said, Ohio State um, was the, the number one seed on 37 of the 56 ballots. Only 37. The doubters. Yeah. I mean, because so, I, I think the case we're making of like that Ohio State schedule, if you think they were going to go undefeated, that's a number one schedule to me. I mean, it's not guaranteed, but surely ahead of Clemson. I'm honestly surprised it's only 37 out of 56. Actually, I, I need to revise that. I believe it's 38, actually. It was you 38 oh. out of the 56. Well, that changes still, everything. So much, 38. So much well, then, of course. That's so a good number. Okay, so 37 out of 56 ballots. Who do you guys think was the second most popular number one seed? Bama. Clemson. Clemson twice as many number one votes as Alabama. 13, Alabama only getting six. Now, the way now the one thing I will say is if people did look ahead at the schedule and see that Alabama would have to play Georgia twice, in theory, and they have that much respect for Georgia or Florida, who is also getting some votes here too, then maybe that gave them pause as, as whether Alabama would be able to get through a season undefeated and be a one seed relative to the way Ohio State and Clemson could do it. So, I mean, it's interesting how the committee views things. It's interesting how things carry over. But let us not forget that in the very first year of the playoff, the defending national champion from the ACC was undefeated and the three seed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I mean, if you're telling me Ohio State with a schedule that would have included Oregon and Penn State as top 10 teams and Michigan has a good team and a good competitive either Wisconsin or Minnesota in the, in the Big Ten title game, that schedule versus a Bama schedule that has Georgia and LSU and an SEC champion, championship, that a one, one loss from one of those teams versus undefeated Clemson, I still would have given not a guarantee, but at least a chance for the SEC champ and the Big Ten champ with one loss to be seated higher than 12 wins versus Wake Forest's and JV Wake squad. JV. Yeah, I no offense to Wake Forest. We have a Wake Forest listener. We have a Wake Forest listener. It's just shorthand because, I, I mean, I don't know why Wake Forest is named Wake Forest. Is that a guy? Wake seems like a first name that a person would have in the South. Is Wake Forest a Civil War general or something? I, general I Forest, assumed it's the name Wake of a forest. forest. Oh, is it not the name of a forest there? I don't know. That's, it's Wake Forest. Well, let me look it up. Hold on. I'll be back oh, in 15 no, I minutes. I already <laughs> found it. Uh, it. I found it. It's a, a guy by the name of Dr. Calvin Jones owned a plantation. Um, oh. Yeah. So I'm just going to stop there. I think we maybe want to readdress <laughs> that name, Wake Forest. <laughs> my God. Ohio State, just, because of its oh, preponderance of first place votes, is only the third most common number two vote or number two seed. Clemson. The most popular number two seed with 24 votes, Alabama 16. And then uh, Clemson, uh, Alabama, the most popular number three seed with 18, Clemson 16. So obviously those, th- again, like I said, those, those three teams getting just the, the kind of the dominance of everything. So the two most popular answers for championship game matchups, obviously, Ohio State, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama. Who do you think got more votes? Ohio State, Clemson. 
These are Ohio State fans who are, are Texas subscribers. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll agree, but I'll say it was close. I mean, we have pushed, at least I have pushed the angry Bama theory. I wonder how many people are, are, are riding along with that. But I'll still say that the most popular championship game was Ohio State-Clemson. So actually we only had 55 of these votes. One person forgot to give me a championship matchup. But uh, it was relatively close. 26 votes for Ohio State Clemson, 20 for Ohio State Bama. So that I thought was interesting, that people seem to be giving Clemson the edge to be the second best team, but it, in, in a much bigger percentage than they were giving them a, the chance to get to the championship game. And the, point, so Point of information, number two seed. Two seed, yes, not, yes, yes. Not yes. the same thing as the second best team. Yeah. We'll come back to that later, too. Um, so that was uh, 26 votes for OSU Clemson, 20 votes for OSU Bama, four votes for OSU Georgia. That's obviously a fast. There's a lot of fascinating championship game matchups to me, potentially, as it relates to Ohio State. The Clemson one, obvious, just the rematch of Clemson. The Bama thing, that's still, you know, Ohio State being king of the North, Alabama in, in many eyes, still being the king of the South, them or Clemson. So anytime you, they, those two teams go head-to-head, that means something. And now it's kind of a, a, a predecessor to the series that they'll play down the road in several years. Uh, OSU-Georgia, though, it's the Justin Fields Bowl. It's, it's Ohio State's quarterback playing against the program he left and going up against the transfer quarterback that replaced him because he transferred out. Uh, that, to me, is fascinating. There were four, four votes for that. Two votes for OSU Florida. So that's another national championship rematch. I guess you'd call that the Urban Meyer Bowl. And then one vote for OSU Oklahoma, which then you get Ryan Day against Lincoln Riley head-to-head. That, to me, also has some intrigue. The OSU-Georgia thing is probably, if that was ever to happen, that would be the only way we'd ever get the Justin Fields-Tom Rinaldi story. Because then he has to talk about it because it's all anybody's going to ask him about all week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's true. I mean, we might have gotten it anyway, but he really – Justin could been. not have – Tom would have been, like, sleeping in front of his apartment. Yeah. At least right now he can avoid it, even if it doesn't happen. But if it's Ohio, Ohio State, Georgia, the entire when – when, when do you get to the national championship game? What, is it 48 hours before? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, two or this three year days. They've cut yeah. it, this year they're cutting it down. This year it's not as much – they're not doing the thing where everybody gets to campus and spends – or gets to the site and spends, like, 10 days they've they've well, trimmed that down but a bit that was but that was never how the that was never how the championship game was we weren't there for oh, right right like, right for, i mean the bowl the semifinals or bowls the championship game in dallas we were there for like three days okay um right. the thing that i think is interesting and and i remember when we had uh, michael casagrande from al.com on when the ohio state alabama series was agreed upon and i asked him how much alabama fans sort of like think about ohio state or if they're sort of you know, they've got their conference rivalries and then they have the Clemson thing. And he was like, yeah, they're, they don't really think about Ohio State ever. Ohio State is so dominant in its own conference. And of course, we get it. We know the Michigan stuff. But I feel like every national team, and part of it is because of the relationships, right? The coach that helped them rise to this level used to coach at Florida. And their quarterback used to be at Georgia. And their Oklahoma coach, you think like, well, he's the rival to be a QB guru to Ryan Day. But I wonder if part of that is this Ohio State lens that it feels like anybody on the national scene who's good, Ohio State sort of can make up a reason if it has to, to be like, yeah, those guys, hey, 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 tough guy. Hey, yo, hey, you want a piece of this? Huh? You want some Buckeye, mister? And like, Clemson's like, dude, um, yeah, we'll play you, but do you want to chill out? 
And we're like, hey, yeah, Sooners. Yeah, hey, you think Lincoln Riley's so cool. We got Ryan Day, baby. What do you think of that? And Oklahoma people are like, Ryan who? Like, Lincoln Riley's had nine Heisman winners. Like, I guess Ryan Day is good. But could you please relax? So I don't know if that's just us. But sometimes I feel like we could make it be like if it was Ohio State, Texas, it's like you all Tom Herman time. What's up, Tom Herman? Venge, it's revenge time for what Tom. I mean, we, I think we could do that with, with 20 teams. USC, all USC. You think you're going to hire Urban Meyer? Hire some of this. And it's just like, oh, my God. Does Ohio State have a fake rivalry with every decent team in the country? Maybe. Well, Maybe it's just us. Equal. I think it's because Ohio State doesn't necessarily – even if, every, if everybody is healthy, every college football program that's supposed to be at a certain level, it's at the level they're supposed to be, Ohio State doesn't have an equal. Clemson would because Florida State would be pretty good. Miami would be de- pretty good. And then the SEC is the SEC. And then Oklahoma has Texas. And then Ohio State doesn't have that. Even with Michigan being the best that it can be, it's still not at the level that Ohio State is. And the same with Penn State. So I think that's part of it is – even our rivals in our own conference aren't equal to us, while in other conferences they have somebody who could at least be equal when everything is going the way it should go. I think there's something to what Doug is saying, though, because I, I started in my head, I'm starting to think of other teams, and it's like, okay, well, um, uh, OSU and Notre Dame, if they somehow got the championship game, well, now that becomes the king of the North Bowl, or OSU against USC, and now, you know, OS, you can make up something there. It's, there's the pack, there's the, the Rose Bowl east or whatever you want to call it at that point or i don't know texas could you make up some ohio state texas i guess because it's not made up it's tom herman yeah Yeah, it's It's tom Tom herman and yeah with miami you could go the 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 replay of the 2002 national championship game who really should have won that game right yeah and oregon i mean they've they've played oregon in the and especially this year if they were to somehow if oregon were to make the playoff it would you'd have that on the table again i just there it it is weird how ohio state at least right now among the, the powers that are out there i guess maybe like auburn if it was like Ohio State Auburn, is that you have to that, dig a little deeper for that? Ohio that, State Tennessee. I mean, like you'd have to. I mean, like it makes me want to like come up with like Ohio State's fake rivalry with the twenty-five best teams in the country. Ohio so, State Texas A&M. Hey Jimbo, yo Jimbo, hey Jimbo. But I mean, but that's that's not a. Thing. <laughs> hey Jimbo, it's not a thing. No, it's not. It has to be grounded in something. Hey twelfth man, yeah, we got a twelfth man. 12th he, man said, Buckeye, he said Buckeye Nation is so much better than the 12th man. Yeah, they can. I mean, yeah. What does a and even mean? mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. No, seriously. It's alphabet been, soup. Ohio State is like the 17-year-old camp counselor at like a camp for like seven-year-olds, and they just toy around with everybody in their camp. So now, you know, they get a chance to go play against other 17-year-olds, and now it's the biggest deal in the world because it's like finally – now let's make something of this because we've been so bored because we keep dominating every, all these seven-year-olds. And I'm not, like, making fun of Ohio State. I'm making fun of people like us. I'm making fun well, this, of fans yeah. who just feel like everybody is your rival Ohio, and, Ohio and it's not reciprocated. It's not – right, it is – exactly it right. It literally is Ohio against the world. It's Ohio against the world and individually every piece of the world. And sometimes the world is like, please Stop it. relax. It's not. Ohio, I swear, it's not the whole world against you. Please relax. Well, to be fair, I think a lot of what I was describing would be coming from the media more so than the fan base, probably. They're the ones who go out there and find. Well, yeah, and because, and we're doing it right now. Like, well, what would be the one against Auburn? And then we're like, oh, we'll find one. (laughs) Just you wait. We'll find one. 
Yeah, no, hey, Jeremy Pruitt. Hey, Jeremy Pruitt. What's up? You want some? Jeremy Pruitt, you were friends with Freddie Kitchens, and Freddie Kitchens was a coach in this state only two hours from Columbus. We're going to avenge Freddie Kitchens by kicking Tennessee's butt. That's a little – that's a stretch. Dave Anderson, if you're listening to this later, I want you to cut out just like that 10-second clip and make a, a, a YouTube video He's of it. No context. No context. Just just Doug calling out Jeremy Pruitt no, for no I reason. Want, I want the Jeff of Doug, Doug boxing. I want. I just want that, and I'll just use it randomly on Twitter at random you can, time. You'll have to make that yourself, I think. But uh, uh, real quick, before we take a break and, and get into ours, I want. I did ask our texters today. So forty-six out of the fifty, whatever, whatever I said, fifty-six, forty-six of fifty-six out of Ohio State, Clemson, or Ohio State, Bama as the semifinal matchup, um, or I'm sorry for the for the championship matchup. Most of these had Ohio State playing either Clemson or Alabama in some way, in order to go on to win a national championship this year. And so I asked our texters. How important is that to you as a fan? Do you is a championship a championship regardless if Ohio State wins a national championship, or does it feel a little off right now if you don't go through either Clemson or Alabama or maybe specifically one of the two? And we got a, kind of a range of votes. There were people who were like, "Nope, championship is a championship. Whoever we play would have to be a good team. If one of them happens to beat those guys this year, so be it. We'll just beat whoever." There's other people who said kind of a, a variety of yeah, it does mean something. Uh, from the three-two-three, a championship is a championship, but I would want it to come over Clemson or Alabama or someone that beat them first. I'll take one after a win over the Pac-12 champ in a winter season, but the only way to shut those other teams' fan bases up is to beat them straight up. Uh, from the five-eight-six, a national championship is a ten, no matter what. But I think a win against Clemson or Bama is an extra push over the cliff that takes it to eleven. Nigel Tufnell, aka Todd from Michigan, the uh, Spinal Tap reference for those of you. Of, of Steven's uh, generation. And uh, uh, Jake from F Fort Laramie. Uh, yes, not beating at least one of Clemson or Alabama will diminish the title just a tiny, tiny bit. Of course, a title is a title and flags fly forever, but it would hurt a little bit because no matter who you beat, even if it's the SEC champ because Alabama didn't get in, the Bama and Clemson fans always find a way to make sure to point out that Ohio State got lucky because they didn't play them. Um, last one from the 614. Diminished by not beating Clemson or Bama? Hell no. Elevated by beating one of them? Yes, there is a difference. In the playoff era, you have to beat at least one great team in the Final Four to win it. So I think that is an important distinction, too. It's not necessarily that not beating one of those teams would make the title less. But beating one of those teams on the way to winning a championship right now definitely enhances the experience, I think, for Ohio State fans. Beating Bama in 14 is was such an enhancement to that title, right? That was a huge deal. And I, I actually would, I would separate the two at the moment because Ohio state beat Bama. I mean, like Ohio state on the national skate stage took care of business. And since then they haven't had a chance. They haven't lost to Bama. They haven't lost. I mean, that, Clemson's different. Like Clemson is stuck in Ohio state's craw. So that idea of, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably the same path. Cause I don't think Clemson's going anywhere. But until Ohio State beats Clemson in a big game, that's going to be a thing. And so it will. It, they're going to meet again somewhere along the line. But I do think that's real. That That is just – there are not many teams that Ohio State has never beaten. And so that I just I, – that I agree with for sure for Clemson. That's the new mountain that they have to climb. And for a long time, it was the big bad SEC. And now it's just Clemson. Now it's Clemson. We're going to take a break right here. We're going to come back with us marking it down for the 2020 season. You're listening to Buckeye Talk.
All right, we're back on Buckeye Talk, and it is time for us to mark down our expectations for what would have been, I guess not expectations, our, our, our belief of what would have happened if 2020's football season would have played out. I thought we should um, go around and, and we'll, we'll kind of reveal our seeds the way the, the committee does with a, a four through one. But first, I wanted to touch on something we've kind of already talked about, which is, so you had to pick your four. Who was next? Who was on the outside looking in and, and as a team that a lot of ways could have got in, but for whatever reason, this year, they just won't. Um, I'll go first. Mine was Georgia. I had some scenarios where I was thinking they might be the four seed. But as we talked about earlier, I think they're going to have to play Alabama twice. I think Alabama is going to be really good. And I didn't see a way to work my brain around how Georgia beats – how they split. At the end of the day, I think Alabama is just better than them. I picked Alabama to just beat them twice. Uh, it's a team that's got eight starters back on a really strong defense. Jamie Newman is coming in. I think he's going to be good, but he wasn't like a superstar at Wake Forest, but he was also playing with Wake Forest talent. Here we are ripping on Wake Forest again. So Georgia was my team. I think Georgia might be one of the four best teams in college football this year, but I don't know if if just the matchups, the schedule is going to get them into the playoffs. Is there anybody for you guys that was in that same situation? The junior whopper was right on the edge of being the next order. <laughs> on Burger King. And I decided I just, I didn't order it. I just stayed with the chicken fries and the regular fries. So I, I need to explain, like I have two alternate worlds and we can get into that. Um, I did not think as much about a second SEC team. Cause I feel like we talking about it a lot, a lot, and it actually doesn't happen that much. So then it's like, as you look at the big 12 champ and the PAC 12 champ, it's like, well, who's, who's left out. And I would say, depending on which scenario I'm living in, I have Oregon and Texas because I just am worried about Oklahoma with a new quarterback and Texas has their quarterback back as a, with a veteran guy in Sam Ellinger. And it feels like maybe it's their time to, to at least get in the mix. Um, and so, I, I mean, I think I would explain if Ohio state and Oregon did play in the regular season, then Texas would be my fourth team. If we're living in the world where we're trying to project a season based on, okay, we've, we've compressed because of coronavirus, sort of the world that if, the step the Big Ten did take a while ago, no non-conference games, but if they only would have delayed for now and not canceled the fall season, then I would be saying, I think that opens the door for Oregon to get in because they don't, it gives them a little wiggle room, maybe to lose one game in the Pac-12. They don't have to try to overcome a loss to Ohio State. So then I think in that world, I think I maybe would have picked Oregon. So this, those are my four and five in some order. Yeah, I was along the same line. The fact that Oregon doesn't have to play Ohio State anymore, I think kind of opens the door for them to get in because it eliminates maybe a possible potential two-loss situation where one's a conference loss and one's Ohio State. But I also thought about it in the normal event where they played the, the original schedule where what if Oregon's only loss was to Ohio State and then they went undefeated in the Pac-12 and then you didn't get a second SEC team in and then Oklahoma and Texas both beat on each other, but also lost another game as well. So I kind of cracked the door open a little bit for Oregon just based off only having one loss, whether that was only to Ohio State or it was only to one Pac-12 team a season where they only play conference games. Well, since we're talking about Oregon, um, let's just go ahead and, and, and start our, our, our four three two one seeds. And I'll go first because Oregon was my four seed. And I don't think it's – I think Oregon can lose – Again, we're talking about this as if it would, would have happened. This is, this is the exercise, though. If, if we're saying this under before regular season, I think Oregon could lose at home 
to Ohio State, even at home, early in the season, and then run the table. I, I see them getting in kind of the way maybe Oklahoma did last year, where you know they have some blemish on their schedule, but overall the talent on this team wins out in all the other games. This is going to be um, – you know, they got Panay Sewell, one of the best pure football players in the country. I know he's an offensive lineman, but I think that the whole offensive line is going to be pretty solid. This defense returns a lot of really talented guys. Um, we've heard good things about um, the quarterback that's going to be stepping into – that role I Oregon just seems like a team to me that has a lot going for it and if it if it loses in the right way to Ohio State there's even a way that that can enhance it when you get to the end of a season and there's a bunch of one loss teams kind of vying for that spot at the table so Oregon was my four seed Steven yeah Oregon was for what a lot of the reasons I just named Oregon was my one was my four seed just because in a normal season, it's they only lost to Ohio State because I don't know if they're going to lose a Pac-12 game in that, in that normal season. I don't know if they're going to lose a Pac-12 game now with the way things are set up. And in a situation where uh, the Big 12 champ has one loss and there's no second SEC team, Oregon can get in as the undefeated team because they're, they're not playing non-conference games or they're in because they didn't lose a conference game and they only lost to a team who's also in the playoff. And Doug? I'm just – I'll say Texas, even though I said if, if Ohio State didn't play Oregon, I guess I would have picked Oregon. But if everything was normal, I think I would pick Texas. It is hard for Texas, just the way the Big 12 is set up, that the title game is just the two best teams. And so, like, if you look at, for instance, in 2018, Texas beat Oklahoma during the regular season 48-45 in a shootout. But then Texas had to play Oklahoma again in the Big 12 championship game, and then Oklahoma beat them. So it's like if you're trying to get – tech now, the rest of the schedule, I mean, there's there's like not a loss out there for Texas. Now, their problem is they've lost games you wouldn't expect them to lose. But I don't even know who the third best team in the Big 12 is right now. Um, But it's like are you – can you predict – can you predict Texas to beat Oklahoma twice? Or could you predict Texas to play Oklahoma really close, look good the rest of the regular season, and then beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship and get in as a one-loss champ because there's not, you know, again, we always worry about the second SEC. It normally doesn't happen. And is Texas in that scenario, do they still just look better than Oregon or USC or whoever the Pac-12 champ is? So I just – I don't I don't want to get ahead of myself with Texas, but they've been – they have enough – you know, good recruits the last couple of years now. They have a veteran quarterback. Tom Herman knows it's like make or break time. And so um, I, I think that would have been at least possible. And, again, I'm just – Oklahoma is not, not playing an experienced guy. They're playing a pretty young guy there. So I give Tech – so I'll say Texas as my four. The, the third best team in the Big 12 is probably either Oklahoma State or Iowa State, but there is a drop. Now you're talking – you're not up in that upper range now of like top 10-ish teams. I think you, you're – you're sinking a little bit down to the the more still above average teams, but but not as as talented. And, and I just am expecting that there will be maybe potentially some lingering fallout into the season from the fact. Remember, there was that story. I think I think it was the headline was all the Oklahoma State players hate Mike Gundy. Remember that headline? Yeah. That. I don't know. It wasn't exactly that, but just the idea of everything that was going on socially around this world and the way he handled it. I'm pretty sure the headline was everybody hates Mike Gundy. No, that's not. I just, it's a podcast. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Correct me. I mean, I, 
I feel like maybe that would have a lingering effect to have Oklahoma State not look quite as good this year. But I do think, I mean, it's one of those things. It's, it's like what Ohio State faces a lot. You want a couple, you want at least some other good team in your conference to make at least a couple of your wins look good. But you don't necessarily want eight great teams in your conference to beat you up every week. And, and Texas might have been in a spot, might still be in a spot to thread the needle on that. So my number three seed, so that's that's two votes for Oregon and one vote for Texas as the four seeds. My number three seed is Clemson. And maybe this was lazy. I guess I just kind of feel like they're going to be what they were last year. They're going to, um, they have a, maybe a little tougher schedule. They're supposed to play Notre Dame, or they were originally supposed to play Notre Dame in 2020. And, and Notre Dame is is a decent team. They're probably like a top 10, 12 they're caliber team. Yeah. And they're and it's still on the schedule, but we're assuming a, a season even happens. I'm just stuck. They were going to play Notre Dame either way, I guess. So I think they're going to have that. That helps their schedule a little bit. But by and large, I think it's going to be very much look like what they did last year. They're going to overwhelm a lot of teams that they're clearly much, much better than. Um, and I think the committee is going to see inside of that that they are one of the three best teams, maybe clearly one of the three best teams, but that two other teams that maybe played a tougher schedule and proved it more directly on the field will be ahead of them. So Clemson's my three. Agree for the same reasons. Agree. Because, yeah, they're gonna. I think they have to overwhelming overwhelm every team they play. And for the last two years, there's always been a game or two where it came down to the fourth quarter in the last four minutes. In 2018, it was Texas A&M and Syracuse. And I understand against Syracuse, Trevor Lawrence got knocked out in the first quarter. And against Texas A&M, they were still in the middle of a quarterback battle between him and Kelly Bryant. But even last year with the North Carolina game, where it was basically the Ohio State-Maryland situation where if he, they complete that two-point conversion, they're not in the playoffs. So – there's always a game on Clemson's schedule where things come down to the wire where they probably should have won by 50. So because of that, they're number three. I think if the three best teams were all undefeated, Clemson would be third. If they all had one loss, or if Clemson lost at all, Clemson couldn't be higher than third. And then I think there's a scenario where Clemson is undefeated. Ohio State and Alabama or whoever the SEC champions have one loss, and Clemson's still third. So there are multiple paths for Clemson's three seed. That I'm a little bit skeptical of, but I, I see how it could happen. I, I, I if, if they end up being the only undefeated team and they're behind other teams with one loss, I don't know. It, it would depend on who the loss was to, but uh, I'd be a little bit surprised. Can I, can, I, can I make a point of information very quickly? Sure. What was Clemson's seed last year? Three. How many games did they lose in the regular season? Absolutely none. Okay. Yeah, but there were two undefeated teams ahead of them. Okay. But I'm just saying, I'm saying, Uh, I'm just saying, I'm not sticking to the facts. I'm just throwing something randomly out there to try to make my point before. And and, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, sir. In in 2017, 2018, there were four one loss teams and Clemson still wasn't the number one seed. Alabama was. Gotcha. Okay. So I think we know what all of us then had to decide between one and two, right? I am. I maybe I'm making a big assumption, but. Uh, it looks like it was an Alabama-Ohio State decision for the one-two seed. So maybe we should all just go around and explain why we made that decision. Or am I, am I being presumptuous? I picked Wake Forest, JV. So. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Out on a limb. And you know what? No you respect. can't be wrong. You yeah, can't be wrong. I can't. You pick who I want to pick. You could have picked Kent State. Why did you pick Kent State? They're my number one seed. Wake Forest, JV, <laughs> is number two. What's wrong with you? Go fight this. Uh, why the Mac ruined the greatest Kent State season ever by canceling too early. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I put Ohio State at number one. And I put Alabama at number two. I do believe in the Angry Bama pl- pledge that Doug has been pl- has basically been preaching all summer and 
basically the entire time we've been stuck in the house here that they kind of they come back and they're back in the playoff. I don't think they're out of the playoff and they're going to go undefeated. And I think Ohio State's going to win a national championship. So I for them to not be the number one seed, they've got a, a pretty decent schedule. No matter which way you want to flip it, if you want to do the only conf, conference only schedule or you want to do the normal schedule, in the normal schedule they would have a win over Oregon at Oregon and a win at Penn State with a whiteout. Even without the whiteout and everything, that's still a win at Penn State, and that's still a quality win along with they beat Michigan as well. So either way, they'd have a few quality wins. But also, I mean, this is just an impressive offensive team, and we'll see you on defense. I think – I have Ohio State as my number one, Bama as my two. I think Ohio State might have needed the Oregon game to be the number one, though, right? If they're both undefeated, the fact that Bama is playing its division, has LSU in its division, and is playing Georgia in a cross-division game, I think if Ohio State doesn't have Oregon and you start stacking up, you know, opportunities to really impress, I just think it. I think it's possible that that Georgia cross cross division game would give Bama the edge. But Oregon negates that. I think right. So, um, and it's just it's like one of those things. It'd be very close. But my gosh, we saw last year the perfect example of how important that is. And if Clemson's sitting there as the three, and this we're not sure exactly who the four is is the option. The, the difference between one and two is gi- is a gigantic choice by the committee. But I do think, given the SEC's reputation, given the actual realities of how good Georgia is, I think if Ohio State's, if they're, if Ohio State's best wins were Penn State, Michigan, and the Big Ten title game, I don't know if that stacks up to Georgia, LSU, and the SEC title game. If you add Oregon, then I think it does. Could it help the fact that maybe Alabama is also playing Georgia at home while Ohio State has to go to Penn State? I think the committee has shown that they do take that kind of thing into consideration. I think how close those games would be, right? I mean, how good you look while winning these games, if we're assuming both would be undefeated. I think it absolutely does matter. And I think that's a good point. Um, I don't know if it would be enough to get them over the top. If you start lining up, you know, wins against teams in the committee's top 25, right? Or wins against teams in the committee's top 10. Bama just might have an extra one if Oregon's not on the schedule. Well, this is just the most Homer podcast of all time because I also picked Ohio State over Alabama. But it was it was a little bit close for me because I think, like I said before, I think Alabama could beat Georgia twice. Or if it's not Georgia that they play for the SEC championship, it might be someone like Florida who has the, the potential, as our texters with their votes showed, to be maybe one of the four best teams in the country, five, six, something like that. Um, I, I can't remember if Texas A&M was originally on their schedule, but Texas A&M is, is projected to be – strong although they're often projected to be strong and then kind of rarely are um, come get some Jimbo come get some <laughs> um you know if there is not an Alabama Texas or an Ohio State Texas rivalry we're kind of starting one maybe with this podcast um but I agree I think the fact that they could go at Oregon and at Penn State and if they won both those which I would be projecting them to do and, and I think Penn State's going to be pretty strong again to this year they're a team that you could easily slip into kind of that Georgia Oregon conversation of a team that could be on the cusp um, I think that that's going to put them over the edge in the committee's eyes, just from watching the way that the committee voted on things last year. I think the schedule, this schedule as it originally laid out, really potentially helped Ohio State. And then on top of that, factor in who they could have been maybe playing coming out of the West. Would it have been Wisconsin, who, despite some of the people it lost, was still seemed like it was getting some respect as the team was going to be pretty solid again, or could it have been Minnesota with Rashad Bateman and, and a full team coming out of the West and having a lot of of national respect. And maybe that win would have paid off for Ohio state additionally as a conference championship game um, at the end of the season. I think those are all things that would have played in Ohio state's favor to be the one seed. 
Um, all, but I, I was close. I almost picked Alabama, and then um, it was kind of a last a last second switch over. I, I also want to say real quick, I was pretty close. And I, full disclosure, in my top twenty-five ballot, I had Ohio State one and Clemson two. But I, I was, I, I, I definitely see a scenario where Clemson does not make this playoff at all. So I think one loss, as it's just as like last year, one loss hurts Clemson more than any team on this in this conversation really and because they can't make it up at the rest of that schedule if they lose to Notre Dame and then Notre Dame doesn't follow through and be fantastic I'd see Clemson as on the outside looking in pretty easily I think until the rest of the ACC decides to start playing football again every single year Clemson is going to be we have to be undefeated or we're not making the playoff and they've just managed to do it right I mean they did have Mm -hmm. the year they had a loss one of the years, but like even the year, the Kelly Bryant year, they were the number one seed, you know, and then they got their doors blown off by Alabama when Bama was the fourth seed. But like, and Steven, you've made a good point and we've talked about over the years, like their close calls and, you know, the times they almost could have lost, but, but most of the time they, they don't let it happen. Was it even the Kelly Bryant year they lost, but Kelly Bryant was hurt in a game and they didn't hold it against him as much? 2016, they lost to Pitt. 2017, they lost at Syracuse. And they've been, but they've been helped by the fact that everybody else has lost too. So there's been no – in the 2016-2017 2016, season, Alabama was the only undefeated team. And then in 2017-2018, nobody was undefeated. So – they were able to creep back up. They'll, they'll need a lot of help. They can't – if they lose, everybody else has to lose. But you know what, though? I actually think – I mean, what you're talking about, Stephen, looking at this now, as you said, in 2017, there were no undefeated teams, but the playoff was four one-loss teams and Clemson was one. Yeah. You know, that, that, that I think we – and then in 2016, you know, Alabama was undefeated. They were number one. And then Clemson was the highest-ranked one-loss team. I think we are assuming – a lack of respect for the ACC that maybe is not actually true when you really look at how the committee has voted. I think, I think maybe the committee needs education on that. I think some of it might just be when they lost and if they were able to make up for it because everybody else lost in weeks after that. And so say they were number two in the college football playoff poll and they lost and they dropped down to nine and then everybody ahead of them starts losing in weeks that God, follow uh, or creeping back up. I think the committee's that's not supposed. The committee's supposed to be smarter than that. I'm not saying they always are. Yeah, Holsters just, fall for that crap. Have been falling for that crap for 60 years. Yeah. It shouldn't matter when you lose. But I do. I just. I just think in general, we think the ACC is nine Wake Forest JV teams, and I'm not sure that the committee is as on board with that. I'm trying to remember the exact which part of the season when it might have been the very first releases last year but when Clemson was one of more than four undefeated teams Clemson was on the outside right wasn't weren't Ohio State and yeah, Penn State both were. in the top four last year so it, it that does kind of argue the other side of what Doug is saying that maybe that um that there isn't as much respect but that was based on that schedule which I think even for Clemson was a bit of an outlier as to how weak that schedule was and again this year with Notre Dame and uh, there's some other teams in the ACC that could be Strong like North Carolina, I think people expect to be even better than they were last year when they almost beat Clemson because they were only a seven sixteen last year. I, it, it, it seems less likely to me that they would be completely flushed if if everybody has one loss. No, and I and I just I, I mean I agree with that. That's a good point that there is another side to that. And part of the issue last year was Clemson didn't look great in the first month. You know, the, correct? Yeah, I think the poll came out very close around the time after that North Carolina game. So that's all people had in their head. But, but I do think, again, it's just interesting, and, and, and we will get to see this to some extent. Um, you know, is North Carolina a team that could knock off Clemson and take that spot? You know, when we're talking about – when we sort of were talking about who could be 
a Joe Burrow of this yeah. year. And I talked about Kyle Trask at Florida, Sam Howell at Nebraska, excuse me, Sam Howell at North Carolina is a name that came up with us. And a lot of the, the textures brought it up a lot, you know, North Carolina, if they, if they can knock off Clemson, they might be able to put together the rest of the season to take that ACC spot. And all of a sudden North Carolina's in the playoff. And Nathan, I didn't know, I, I wanted to talk for five minutes on this podcast at least because there's not a point in speculating too much because it's all going to come out in the wash in the next couple of weeks, but how we will cover or not cover and talk about or not talk about college football this fall. If other teams are playing, if the ACC and SEC and big 12 go on, I think we need to talk about them once a week on this podcast. We need to talk about college football and Absolutely. I know like Deadspin used to be a, do a thing like I think every preseason in the NFL of like why your team stinks, right? I think we could almost do a thing every week, either tongue-in-cheek or we could do an actual comparison. Okay, like Texas got a big win this week. Why Ohio State would beat Texas. Okay, USC's having a great se- – or would Ohio State beat Texas? That we could do our own comparison of Ohio State to the teams that are looking good in the season – and just remind people, and again, I don't, maybe people don't want us to do that, but I think we're going to have to talk about college football, and you don't have to like a team, and we'll get to that too. I want to do a podcast on, if there's a season, Ohio State fans, what, are you rooting for anybody? Like, are you, if this were a year a ago, and, mm-hmm. and LSU was LSU, every Ohio State fan would have been like, I'm buying an LSU jersey for the fall, because they were rooting for Joe Burrow anyway, while Ohio State was playing. Are they? Are you going to be Cincinnati fans? If What's Clay Martell doing? Losing the Miami quarterback job to Derek King <laughs> again, again. So you know, like I don't know. Do you do you like Trevor Lawrence? Actually, do you do you think? Uh, I don't know. Do you just have a, a little favorite team? Do you want to root for Jimbo Fisher? Do you like Oregon? Do you like Mario Cristobal and and, and Panay Sewell? I don't know. So um, I'll be curious if there is a season. Of course, Ohio State fans are going to be depressed about it and angry. But also, I don't know, are you going to turn on the TV? I mean, everyone's talking about, oh, my Saturdays are going to be free. I mean, aren't you going to watch Alabama, Georgia? I'm, I said I don't even watch that much sports for just for fun. I'll watch Alabama, Georgia. And then I think we have to talk about it, and then we have to try to analyze it with some kind of Ohio State lens. So um, we don't have to get into this. that. I think fans spend the fall rooting against Clemson. I mean, what do you, so yeah, do you root for like anybody that is not Clemson and Bama? You root yeah. for them to lose and you root for chaos and you root for a Georgia, Florida, Oklahoma, Oregon playoff or not Oregon. Cause they're not playing whatever Cincinnati playoff. I, I'm just, I would be curious how people will view that and we'll have time to discuss it if it happens. So we all had Alabama and Ohio state one, two, or I should say the other way around Ohio state one, Alabama two, Anybody not pick that as their national championship matchup? I didn't pick it as my national championship matchup, though. I think, as Clemson has shown in the past, perception versus what actually happens once you get on the field can be two totally different things. And I think Clemson might be able to pull out that game. Because two two and three doesn't – you're not playing at home. It's just decides what color jersey you wear. So I think Clemson might be able to pull out a win there similar to what they were able to do this past season when they pulled out a win over Ohio State, even though Ohio State was a, was a higher seed. And then you get an Ohio State-Clemson National Championship game. Just because Clemson probably has the better quarterback. No, Clemson definitely has the better quarterback in that game. I think I agree with that. 
in the history of the playoff, there have been many years where, let's see, we got a one-two matchup in the national championship game three times out of six, right? So the mm-hmm. idea that Clemson as a three seed could beat Alabama as a two seed, um, I, then, I like that. And, I, and, and again, in that matchup in the moment, like Trevor Lawrence's farewell, I think maybe I would lean Trevor Lawrence too. So I also will pick Ohio State Clemson. And every single one of the one-two matchups have been Alabama-Clemson. I picked Alabama against Ohio State for the national championship. And to me, it's not even so much believing in the the angry Alabama theory. It's just the talented Alabama theory. I think they're just a really, really good football team. I know that they took that dip last year, uh, but I think this is a team that's going to bounce back in a pretty big way. And uh, just head-to-head with, with Clemson, I think they may just be they may just be more talented. This, this year and that's how I, I i made my pick on that game so two votes for Ohio state versus clemson for the national championship one vote for Ohio state versus alabama for the national championship who are your winners Ohio we're, state. Such, we're such homers we're such <laughs> homers yeah it's, it's three for three i i kind of expected that to happen and and uh like oh, i said our texters were uh, really strong in their uh, predictions. We had 26 predictions for Ohio State Clemson and Ohio State going 25 and one in those games. We did have one, one texture pick Clemson to win that game. And then 20 matchups, Ohio State, Alabama, 20 and 0. So 45 and one of the 46 who picked Ohio State to play either Clemson or Alabama for the national championship for Ohio State to win that game. Couple of no to that point. Part of it is because Justin Ross isn't playing. So now Sean, in a world where it's a normal fall year. Sean Wade is now guarding Clemson's second-best receiver, which is a huge gap in between what Justin Ross is and whoever wide receiver number two is. Well, huge gap, we think, now. Random dude that we don't know about yet. Yeah, uh, yeah, as of what we know. But, yes, Justin Ross That's a first-round receiver. Hurts Clemson. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, based on what I know of Clemson's recent history, I'm not going to assume that everybody, all the other receivers on their roster are duds. I think there's probably some pretty good guys there that can – Justin Ross is a first-rounder, and we don't know that about everybody else yet. We don't. You're right. Um, Our buddy Josh Mustachio was actually the one who picked Clemson to beat Ohio State. He says, my biggest takeaway as of right now is we don't know how good Ohio State's D will be. They will need to be great to beat Clemson. Also playing George of the Week before in his matchup. Uh, they will be beat up compared to Clemson's bye week. I hope I'm wrong. And the defense is out of this world. Or Fields is the next Vince Young. and just carries his team on its back. Legion. Legion. Are you going to stand for that? You're going to stand for your dad <laughs> picking Clemson over Ohio State in the national championship game? I think you guys need to talk about this at dinner. Think this about, might be a family Young, rift. That might be the Ohio State-Texas rivalry thing that they pull up. Is Now we have the Vince Young. Oh, and Justin Fields. I just want to reiterate again. Ohio State fans hate Tom Herman. We don't need to make stuff up for Ohio State, Texas. So let's just make that clear. That exists. That's not made up. It's fair. It's fair. From the 512, this was someone picking Ohio State to beat Clemson, as both of you did. The Buckeyes repeat history against Bama, and the Tigers easily fend off the Gators. They had Florida as their uh, four seed, I believe. In the championship game, Clemson scores with 96 seconds left, and Justin Fields executes a perfect drive capped off by a TD to Olave. Dabo cries and flies back to South Carolina to spend the night in the same bed as his mom, just like he did in college. Again, Google it. That was from Ty and Austin. I'm not going to comment on that last part, but that is like the storybook ending, right? that Ohio State has to now come back and make the drive at the end of the game, just like they did last year. And this time they finish it off with the touchdown from Fields to Olave. That's kind of, I think if you had asked people back in January, how do you want the 2020 season to end in 
whatever week of 2021 the national championship game is played. Isn't that exactly how a lot of Buckeye fans would have written that script? I mean, you just like get to the 20 yard line or wherever, however far it was and just run that route four times. And just like, Justin, you cannot look <laughs> be a off. little predictable. <laughs> you cannot throw to anybody else. Chris, Chris you, will throw a po- you will run a post route. You will do that. Do you not break not it off else. for any reason. Do not break it off and let's go. You might have to jump over some people because by the third time, they'll know what's up, but that's the play. Uh, here are the people who picked Ohio State to beat Alabama, or a couple of voices of people who picked Ohio State to beat Alabama. Jake from Fort Laramie. Ohio State gets a lucky matchup to avoid Lawrence, and Georgia's offense cannot exploit an average defense, and Fields gets his revenge. Alabama takes care of Clemson and frustrates Lawrence all game long. Then Ohio State gets lucky and does not have to face a terrifying QB, and Justin Fields just becomes too much to handle. Ohio State 38, Alabama 24. And from the 704, before the pandemic hit, I was thinking Alabama would win the national championship because of Bryce Young. But with the amount of practice time slash reps lost, I figured I'd go with the team with the more experienced quarterback in Ohio State. Also, Clemson without Justin Ross, and now likely Xavier Thomas loses in a close game to Alabama. Again, this is tough because are you are we picking this to happen before anybody thinks about opting out and what I, I don't know. Those things are it kind of I think it has to vary from texture to texture. But I I, I kind of think it's interesting that people think of Ohio State and I think Clemson clearly have the better starting quarterbacks in Alabama, but Alabama also has a pretty good quarterback situation to have two guys who people think could plausibly be the guy that leads this team into a playoff scenario. I don't think every, these other teams are talking about necessarily have two guys on their roster that could do that. Well, I I mean, Bryce Young and Bryce Young, DJ Ugalele and CJ Stroud were the three best quarterbacks in their recruiting class. And the guy that we're talking about at Alabama is the same age as CJ Stroud. And DJ Ugalele, they're all they're the same guys. And we're the only reason we're talking about Bryce Young is because Mac Jones isn't Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. So yeah. uh I, I think I'd quibble with the idea that that Bama that their their young backup is is really any different. They just Ohio State and Clemson aren't thinking that way. Um, but I do think I do think before the three of us get off this podcast, we should make a prediction for the moment about who we think is actually gonna win the national title if those three conferences move forward in the fall with all the knowledge we have, because even again, for instance, what the Clemson, what that last texture brought up with Xavier Thompson, uh, Thomas from Clemson, he's like their best defensive player. And he has coronavirus. He had coronavirus complications and is not playing this season. Mm-hmm. So that is real. So we, they already lost Ross and now they lost a defensive guy. And I don't know that Alabama to my knowledge has lost anybody yet. So all of a sudden one is, is it like in this, if everything was perfect world, and I know you told us to keep the Ross injury in our thoughts, but now in the actual world, I don't know if I would come back to Alabama right now. So anyway, I just think we should do that before we get out of here. Just yeah, do it. Uh, 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 just to speak on that real quick, as a guy who, I mean, I wrote a story about two freshmen possibly winning the national championship for Ohio State with Kyle McCourt. But the, the times it's happened, they weren't going up against a guy who's Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence level as far as in a third, a third year version of that. So that's what Bryce Young would have to defeat if he was going to win a national championship as a true freshman. I just don't see that happening. Fair enough. I've been wrong on this podcast earlier tonight and perhaps I am again. Uh, (laughs) So let's do Doug's exercise though, because I do think that is interesting. And it especially was interesting when I considered four teams coming out of the three conferences that are left, big 12, ACC and SEC. So who do you guys think those would be? Because so, I think the dynamics change on some of these things. Can a two-loss team more easily yeah. get into a four-seat team playoff yeah. with only these three conferences, especially the three conferences that they are? 
I mean, some people are talking about is like the America is the undefeated champ of the American going to get in the playoff in this world. And you guys are both shaking your head. No, and I, I don't agree. think so. So I think like all of a sudden you're cracking the door. I don't know that Georgia could just lose to Alabama twice and then be like, we beat everybody else, but we lost to Alabama twice. And that's it. That still would be tough. So I don't know if I'd pick that, but I think my playoff would be like the Texas, Oklahoma winner, Clemson and two teams from the sec. Right. So, so maybe, maybe if I don't think Georgia is going to split with Bama and they say they make the SEC championship, man, I don't know. But they would have had to beat Florida to get there. I was going to say maybe Florida backs in as the fourth team without playing in the SEC championship that we've talked about, or Auburn backs in losing to Alabama, not getting to the SEC championship. But I think you'd have to go one Big 12, one ACC, two SEC, right? I mean, is there any other way to go? And then given the actual things of what have actually happened, I might lean Bama because it feels like Clemson's taken more of a blow. And I don't know that Bama's been affected at all by anything so far in terms of their roster in the age of COVID. So by that scenario, I think Florida could get in if they don't, if they lose to Georgia so they're not in the SEC championship game and Georgia loses to Alabama twice. They get in as you know, the one, lo- one loss team as the fourth SEC team. And then you've got Bama, probably Texas or Oklahoma, whoever wins the, the later game in that situation. And then Clemson. It's just really hard. I mean, this is like the kind of stuff that's really hard for the committee. Florida plays Alabama, not at all. Yeah. Georgia plays Alabama twice and loses both times. When Georgia and Florida play each other, Georgia wins. Yeah. So head to head, Georgia's better than yeah. Florida. It's just Florida didn't have to play the two games that Georgia lost. And Georgia made the title game. So how do you decide that? I'm not disagreeing with you, Stephen, that they might take one loss, Florida. But, man, if you're Georgia and you're saying, my gosh, we just got hammered by the schedule, what are you doing? We're better than Florida. Put us in with two losses. It's, it would be very hard to figure out. But you're going to – when you take away two conferences – you're going to have to put worse teams in. And then that yeah. means there's going to be more teams in the mix and it's going to be harder to pull somebody out of the muck. I think how games look will play a major role in that because if Georgia loses to Alabama, but both games are within a touchdown or a field goal, they might overlook the fact that they lost them twice. Or I if actually Georgia think gets that that's while Florida just loses to Georgia by a field goal, then it would favor Florida. I mean, this would, that would be the ultimate scenario where the committee says, um, hey, like, you know, the head-to-head results matter, but the head-to-head results here were that Georgia was right with Alabama, and even though they lost, especially if they put a, if they really splatter Florida, then I don't – I think a two-loss team could get in in that scenario. I think, though, it's, it's easy to forget a team like – like you said with Florida, although then there would be one loss for or, – or a team like Texas A&M even maybe out of the SEC West if they lose – or Auburn, like you said. Like, there's going to be some other pretty strong teams like there always are in the SEC, but I agree. I think it'd have to be either a second SEC team. The only exception I could see if they all beat each other up is Notre Dame loses to Clemson but runs the table the rest of the way. And then wouldn't that be weird if you're getting two ACC teams in and only one SEC team in? And the, the one thing is, as the committee shown sometimes, when you have like a, a tie in a conference that's impossible to break, you look for the other option. You take mm-hmm. neither of them. And yeah. Baylor, Baylor and TCU will tell you that. So if you can't figure out Georgia or Florida there, it's like, well, let's take neither of them. Who else can we take? Oh, wait. Our other best options are Cincinnati or, you know, a two-loss ACC team or whatever. You, you just may wind up in a very difficult spot with more difficult – 
I think sometimes we think the more options there are, the more difficult the decision is. I think it could work out that the fewer options there are, mm -hmm. the more difficult the decision is because it's just like, well, by the time you get to the fourth, third or fourth team, there's nobody that stands out because the pool's smaller. Yeah, and I, I, I still think a team, even like a two-loss Georgia team, would probably potentially end up being ranked higher than, I don't know, UCF, Memphis, Cincinnati, whoever's coming out of those other conferences. And I think that's going to uh, cause some consternation, but I don't think it's necessarily wrong. I think two losses to Alabama would be viewed better than an undefeated UCF who didn't have to play anywhere near the level of competition. Yeah, especially because those teams so, can't play a yeah. Power 5 team to enhance their resume in mm -hmm. some way. I, again, I don't know that that's fair, but I think that's the way it would be seen. So uh, any parting thoughts on this exercise before we maybe – we may be putting Market Down Monday on ice for a, a couple of weeks. If you guys have suggestions on what we need to mark down. But we're, as, as Doug said, even with this one, the things that we would be predicting can't actually happen. So we need to find some things that will actually happen probably before we bring back market down Monday. Yeah. We can't even like start predicting spring because we don't even know what's going to happen yet. Even if it is just normal spring football and they just start preparing for the fall. I could see a world and maybe it doesn't fit on Monday, but I think if we, if there are games in the fall, I think one of our five podcasts, since the team that we cover is not playing, I think one of the five each week needs to be about the teams that are playing. Mm -hmm. And so I maybe could see a world where, it's we just react to what happened on Saturday or Monday. Yeah, but we got to be we got to be looking ahead. So pick the weekend next weekend's games, yeah. Yeah, it just might be hard to pick them because we'd have to like do the podcast on Sunday, put it up Monday for the games that are now five days away. It almost would make sense to make it like mark it down Thursday just for the fall or something because it's like you let the week play out a little bit. Okay, let's talk about this weekend's games. Who's going to win them? So maybe we could do something like that. You know, we get it. Market Down Monday is a very popular, popular brand. But we might have to adjust. Sweep in the nation. It really has. And again, what, even though, Nathan, I think the split on profit should be you get 40 because it was your idea, but then Stephen and I each get 30. So I think that's fair. Do we all I agree to that? Is that, that fair? I can respect it. Nathan, you're, are you willing to only take 40 or do you want more than that? Oh, I'm good with it. Okay. So I do think we could do it on a Thursday or Friday, but have it the idea of market down. It's like our game picks. Because what else are we going to be marking right. down, right? Yeah. So I, I do want us to do that. We have to do that um, because I <laughs> – can we do a five-day-a-week podcast if the team we cover doesn't play a football game for 13 months? Like, is that, that – like, since we started, we started in April? Well, be more than that. We started five days a week in April, and if they don't play a winter or spring season, it would be to the next September – and that it's like 16 months of no games and we've been doing five podcasts a week. Is that even humanly possible? But if it is, we have to talk about some of the games that are actually being played. I agree. I think that's a, that's a, um, that's going to be a fun way to go about that. And I think um, we'll keep a tally throughout the season and there'll be some sort of a prize and or mockery at stake uh, in some way. I think that that would be a, a fun way to do that. So um, that will be coming up down the line for the next couple of weeks. Maybe we'll, we're still going to keep doing Monday podcasts. We just may not have something for you guys to mark it down, but we appreciate everybody who's been participating, especially all of you who voted today. Thanks so much. Um, I was having some good back and forth with, with some of you today in the text and, and we really enjoy that. And um, I imagine we're going to be doing some live stuff again soon too. 
um, maybe even as early as next week. Or do, or do we have any update on that? Because I know we've been talking about doing a podcast after, you know, we did kind of the funeral podcast to put the Ohio State Clemson or the Ohio State 2019 season to have like a morning session for that. And I think we're going to do something similar for, for this season, right, Doug? No, I think we should do that next Wednesday and we maybe could have part of it be live if we did it on Tuesday. But I, I think it went well enough. We'll be curious to see what the people, so that was the, the Friday podcast, the people who weren't part of it, who just listened to it as a podcast, what did you think of it as a podcast, right? Because it's people jumping in and, you know, that sometimes takes a couple seconds for people to, for me to unmute them or whatever. We're still so figuring we'll out some of the technical glitches. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I'm never going to figure them out completely. So those will remain. So I'll be curious to see what people think of it. But our Browns podcast, they do that every week. They do it once a week. One of the podcasts is like a live radio show. And I think we're certainly open to that if the listeners are open to it. Stay tuned for that. Until then, that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>